So as we continue on, we're saying that they, the Laodiceans, were rich in money and goods, and they didn't think they needed anything. And yet Paul would have called them idolatrous. They were not only covetous, materialistic, but he called it idolatry. They honored and valued the thing, the gift, over the relationship with the giver. Look at Romans 1.25. Who exchanged the truth of God for the lie and worshiped and served the creature rather than the creator who is blessed forever. They exchanged. They exchanged Jesus for money and materialism. They're doing that today. Much of this faith and prosperity movement, that's all it is, materialistic, tied to this world. And they think that that's going to make them find Christians. Well, the rich Corinthians found out otherwise. They were the only group that we know of publicly that God sent sicknesses to kill them because they treated the poor Christian. They ostracized them and they separated from and thought they were better. And they were idolatrous. And God even extended grace and gave them time to repent. So he would not judge them with the world. If they did not repent, then they went to hell. There's no other statement. See, holiness. Without holiness, no man shall see the Lord. And Hebrews says that God punishes, and it's grievous that they uh, will repent. See, the purpose of punishment is that you'll stop the sinning, that you'll evaluate what you're doing is this pleasing to God. And it will make you turn back to righteousness, repent. And then he says, for without holiness, no man shall see the Lord. So if you know someone's a professing Christian and they die in fornication and lying and cheating, they're not saved. And they're not going to be saved the last minute on the deathbed. That's just fear. See, they chose not to take up the cross. They chose to reject the gospel. And just because they're afraid doesn't mean that that's the consequences of terror. Adam and Eve were afraid. Once they sinned, they became ashamed and fearful, and nobody told them but their conscience. And God confronted them about it. And so we're seeing that the Laodiceans, they became idolatrous. Oh, they didn't worship other known gods in the Roman Empire. They just worshiped things, materialism. They thought their money and their prestige were better. And that's why the Apostle Paul says, if you look at your Christian calling, people today think it's different, okay? But he said, look at your Christian calling. Remember, in Paul's time, probably 20% of the real Christians, they were slaves. But he said, look at your Christian calling. Not many rich are called. Not many noble are called. Not many wise. God is not interested in them. See, they're not willing to give up their money, their covetousness, their pride, and their position to be the Lord's disciples. So they cannot be. Uh, but today in the mega churches, everybody's accepted. And those people, uh, they can accept the Lord and they don't have to give up anything. Well, that's a false shepherd. What can I say? They're like the Sardis Church. They have a name, they're alive. You cannot turn on these religious stations without having a false shepherd perverting the gospel. Any of them that's got hundreds of thousands of followers, I can tell you is a false shepherd. Because in the times we live in, true Christianity is not popular. 
true Christianity is a probation. It's an overcoming self, selfishness and self-seeking. And you'll find what many of these religious groups, they're promising materialistic blessings and a ruling like a king. They're promising stuff on earth that the scripture is not promised. See, they want the best of both worlds. They're going to forfeit the next one, okay? Yet they're going to say, Lord, Lord, that's not going to change. So do you not know? So I'm telling you, as with the Laodiceans, sin deceives. See, sin causes a person to distort the truth. It causes a person eventually to not see the truth. That's the power of sin. Proverbs says it's like a cord. As you circle around someone, the first few times, they can break free very easily. But after 10 or 15 times, they can't. It binds them, see? And they say, and that's what sin does. Like someone said, that's what happens when you play with sin. So when people play with sin and think they can master it, oh, I'll just go this far and that, they're deceiving themselves. As I've said before, many, many years ago, two teenagers were in New York crossing the subway lines, and they decided to play with the metal bar that sparks and has all the 50, 60,000 volts going through. And they played with it, and they'd just been swimming, and they were still wet. And one of them kept hitting it and hitting it, and then he touched it too long, and he couldn't let go. See, it caused the muscles in his hand to tighten around the metal thing he was playing with, and it killed him. And his friend said when he was confronted, and when the police asked what happened, he said, we were just playing with it. We were just playing with it. Well, that's what happens to people who eventually play with sin and don't mean business. God gives them over to lying spirits. He's not waiting like Santa Claus for when you're ready. That's a fallacy. He doesn't wait 30 and 40 years for people who've rejected the gospel. He's not hound of heaven doing this. People who rejected the gospel, Paul himself, he said after two or three warnings, don't even preach to them. Leave them alone. Jesus said, leave them alone. The blind lead the blind, let them fall into the ditch. That's what's going to happen to them. So all of these concepts about God waiting till a person's last breath, like he's doing to God a favor, this is a false gospel of grace. Nothing more. There's no fear of the Lord. There's no cross-bearing. There's no probation. How is a person going to take up his cross and follow the Lord the last minute of his life? Tell me that, okay? So we're seeing uh, they were lacking in anything spiritual. Outwardly, they had money and goods and so forth. Thus, like the sinners, and that's what they became, they became wicked, idolatrous, covetous. They did not have the treasure within anymore. What is the treasure within? It's Christ within us, the hope of glory. That's what's given to the Christian. 2 Corinthians 4, 7. This is Paul speaking. But we have this treasure, it's the Lord, in earthen vessels. We're the earthen vessels. He's the treasure. That the excellence of the power may be of God and not of us. So he's saying when a Christian ministers, it's not to glorify the Christian. 
He is simply the vessel. He does not have false humility. Oh, I didn't do nothing. Well, we did, and you'll get nothing. People are called to preach the gospel, but they're called to preach the true gospel, and the spirit of Christ is to help them. And they'll get credit for that. But we give the glory to the Lord. That's our calling. That's our responsibility to do that. We have the treasure, but we're the vessel. And the treasure often cannot be given without the vessels. So the branch cannot bear fruit without the vine. But he doesn't have to have false melody and deny he, that's a lie. Like I said before, we speak with tongues sometimes, but it's the Spirit that gives utterance. We do this speaking. God doesn't speak. We do. See, we join with his impulses and the Spirit moving us, but we do the speaking. And the Spirit of the prophets, remember, are subject to the prophet. Every word that a prophet speaks, he answers to God for because he's responsible. God doesn't overwhelm him. God doesn't make him. He either speaks and uses his mind, or he rebels and refuses to. So that's what it means, the spirit of prophets are subject to prophets. Now, the, one of the exceptions sometimes was Balaam. He said, I cannot but speak the word that the Lord has put in my mouth. So he was saying, God, overwhelm me. Well, that's true, but you see why. The angel had a sword, and he was telling him, you will speak what is put in your mouth and nothing else, or what's going to happen? I'll strike you dead. That's, but he still could have refused and be struck dead. But he was too scared to. So he obeyed the Lord against his will to be covetous and greedy, and that's what he was. And he died in his sins, okay, without repentance. So the wicked, the spiritual wicked, cannot understand spiritual things. Even those who were once deeply spiritual, eventually the demons can deceive them. They once, it says the scripture says, they deny the Lord that they once knew. Well, that's hard to believe, isn't it? But that can happen when a spirit interferes with people. So like the Antichrist, when he comes, he will have the power of lying spirits and he will deceive the masses because the masses refused the love of the truth when they had it, either through the preaching of the gospel or through their conscience. So who's responsible? They are responsible. God sends them lying spirits because they reject the truth. They cannot see or understand spiritual truths. See, this is a grace to obedient Christians. Many false shepherds, many that profess the Lord are false shepherds because they have mental knowledge of Scripture back and forth. Oh, they can quote the whole New Testament, and they're still false shepherds, see, because they don't have something that God only gives to his own. Spiritual understanding comes from the Lord. Does it come by studying the Bible? See, that's why many people study the Bible back and forth, and I've counseled them, and I think, oh, they know the Scripture better than I do. But they're not spiritual. And eventually I find out, oh, 
Oh, you're just sleeping with your neighbor's wife for the last five years? Oh, well, you're not spiritual. And you can read the scripture and quote it all you want, but you're not going to get real spiritual understanding because God only gives that to his own. See? That's why simple baby Christians can understand some spiritual matters better than a person who's read the Bible for 50 years and can quote it because they obey the Spirit. The intellectual and the arrogant don't obey. They keep studying all the time, but there's bitterness in them and resentment and greed and covetous like the Pharisees. So Jesus told the Pharisees, you're, you're deceived, and he said, you will die in your sins. And yet they thought they were representing Jehovah. He said, you will die in your sin. Why? Because you'll not believe who I am. But the masses of these young people that came to hear me and John the Baptist, they believed. God opened their eyes. He didn't open your eyes. So you were far more intellectual, but you weren't spiritual, okay? So that's what it means. Look at Ephesians. So people have asked me, well, just give the people Bibles. It'll do them a, a bit of good. The heart don't change. The Bible won't help them. Look at Ephesians 1. The Bible, the scripture doesn't say go into all the world and give people Bibles. Well, do you know the Bible is the most read book in the world and the one that's most misunderstood by two billion people claim to be Christians don't even understand it. They're saying, Lord, Lord, and he's not their Lord. See, they don't have spiritual understanding. That's the problem. See, people think it's all intellectual. It isn't, very little. You have to know the truth, but then you have to be enlightened spiritually. And so God does not give that to the arrogant. The Bible gives, he says he gives grace to the humble. That means he doesn't give grace to the arrogant and the proud and the willful. He doesn't give them grace. Oh, they quote scriptures. Like I say, they'll quote scriptures better than we do. But they don't know how to rightly handle it. And they can't discern the truth because the Spirit keeps it from them. You resist the Spirit of truth, he sends your spirit of lying. That's his right to do this. Ephesians 1. 17 and 18. I used to read this and read it often. So Paul is praying. He says, I don't cease to pray for you in previous verses when I mention you in my prayers. What does he pray for the Christian? That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. Who is he praying for? Christians. What is he asking? See, that he's asking there be increased, that God give them true wisdom and knowledge of him. That's for the Christian. That's not for the sinner. You don't find him praying this for the sinner, okay? Because they can't receive it. Only spirit. The eyes of your understanding. To use his illustrations like you see with your physical eyes, then your spiritual eyes are going to open and God's going to give you understanding. Doesn't say you get it by having a high IQ or being a very intellectual professor. You won't get it. Okay, you are. You won't get it. I've read of once of this person who was a brilliant professor, a brilliant intellectual, and he'd read the Bible and thought it was a bunch of foolishness. And after he really got saved, which was rare, 
He said it made all the sense of the world. See, God opened his eyes, his spiritual eyes, okay? That you may know what is the hope of his calling. You may know God's will and his will for the body of Christ. That you'll have the riches of his glory, spiritual riches. He went talking to Laodicea. And you can figure out, and he'll reveal to you what you will inherit when you get to heaven. And the next verse says, and the exceeding greatness of his power toward those who believe. There's many privileges he will give to those who spiritually understand, not to those who just read the Bible. A lot of people read the Bible. They just don't obey it. That's their problem. Oh, I used to know people every day. They sit down for 30 minutes. They did it for 60 years, and they read their Bible, and they're not saved. They've never been born again. Oh, but they're good moral people and good citizens. They just don't know the Lord. See? Because that is spiritual. That comes from the Lord. That comes from responding to the Lord in obedience and fruit-bearing. Okay? That's why the Pharisee could not see, and they were far more intelligent than the apostles were. But the apostles, they perceived, had been with Jesus because they picked up some things they couldn't see. See, they were in another kingdom. So he told them, back to the Laodiceans, you are wretched and blind and are naked. He has several things to say. So he's telling them, you are unclothed. The Christian is clothed in righteousness. It's the white garments. It says it's the righteousness of the saints. Well, they don't have righteousness. So what happens if you don't have righteousness? You're unrighteous. You're a sinner. You're wicked before the Lord because you have no righteousness. You're no longer a true believer. You lost your purity, your holiness, and your good standing. You're like Adam and Eve after their sin. See, they had a righteous standing. And in the physical world, they were naked, and there was no shame to it. It was just them. There was no sin involved. You don't see a, a cat or a dog run and hide from you because he's naked. He has no awareness. He has no awareness of what this is. But when Adam and Eve sinned, they had an awareness. And they tried to cover themselves because they were shameful. Why? Because they were unrighteous. They're in poor standing with God. So that's what happened to the Laodiceans. Even Adam and Eve had more common sense than the Laodiceans because they saw that they were naked and tried to hide it. The Laodiceans were deceived. They thought they were okay. They didn't see themselves as being in a wrong, and that's how deceived they were. So he says you're blinded. You're blind to your sin and your unrighteousness. There's no hope, basically, for a person that stays blinded and unrighteous. Oh, there are some people that are wicked, and they know they're wicked. And there's some backsliders that are sinning, and they know and hope they don't die at that moment because they know they're going to hell. But there are many who are deceived that they don't think they're that bad. See, they're sinning. And their concept of God is, well, I do some good for some people, so he'll weigh the good against the bad. That is refuted by Scripture. Rich young ruler did a lot of good, but he was an idolater. He loved his money. And the Lord said, you just lack one thing. It was enough to damn him. 
so he could not serve the Lord. So it appears they were lacking in all good graces. If you do not repent, they will stand speechless at God's final judgment. There, no one will be blinded to the truth, and they will be condemned as wicked. See, the scripture says, every knee shall bow. In heaven, the angels, the redeemed, on earth, the earth, it implies the underworld. Some say the devils or the unsaved. They will one day acknowledge that Jesus is righteous and the Lord. They will not repent, but they will see the judgment they get in the lake of fire is deserved. That's why there's weeping and gnashing of teeth. Not only the punishment and the torment, but the hopelessness that nothing can be done about it. That God does not give them a pleasant thought forever. It says the outer darkness, furthest away from the light, God, that they can be. Utter contempt, utter disregard, wrath of God. That's terrible, but that's what God thinks toward them. See? And all their moaning and groaning and crying isn't going to help them a bit. See, because they're going to see the truth. There's going to be no one in hell who says, how do I get here? They're going to know why they got there, okay? So he gives them advice. He's still talking to them, which is amazing. I give you counsel that you buy from me gold refined by fire so that you may become rich and white garments, he said, buy those that you may clothe yourself and that the shame of your nakedness will not be revealed. And buy eye slab to anoint your eyes so that you may see. See? These are spiritual answers to the state they're in. He advises them. Gold refined by fire. It's understood it means faith and repentance. That's what's pure. Pure gold. That which is spiritual. He said, get it from me. Exercise in faith and repentance. I won't charge you when he says buy, but he'll give it to you. But you got to get it from him, okay? You got to produce the confession of your sin, the repentance. You got to turn back and stop your sinning and become gold. Exercise faith and trust and obedience in me, okay? So we see that the poor that God has chosen as a whole, he said, rich in faith. The rich Corinthians didn't learn this, but by dying. The trust of the one who has nothing but is a Christian was spiritual. One of the churches we found, remember, they were in deep poverty. They didn't know from hour to hour where they were going to get food. And you know what Jesus said? He says, you're rich. You're rich. And he didn't give them a bunch of money like the Laodiceans. They had faith and trust in the Lord. They had a right standing with God. See, their persecution produced these things. But the Laodiceans had nothing. Their richness, instead of being used for goodness, damned them, corrupted them, made them covetous and materialistic and greedy. They were the same as the Pharisees. Pharisees, Jesus accused them. He said, you make long prayers for the widows while you consume their houses. You talk them into leaving their materialism and money 
to them. And you pray to make sure they think you're spiritual. He said, the hypocrite shall receive the greater damnation. The Pharisee often used his office as the prosperity and faith people do to get money. They're hirelings. They don't care about the sheep. They care about what the sheep has. Okay? And they make themselves rich, and they lie to themselves, and the Spirit lies to them and tells them that they're fine Christians until they're speechless at the day of judgment. Okay? So he says, buy from Christ gold. And that was to have faith and turn to the Lord again. Repentance and have spiritual goods is what he was talking about. And you need to see again. See, you've been blinded. And if you ask the Lord, he will give you spiritual revelation. You will begin to see the truth. Your eyes will be opened. They won't be deceived no more. And buy me white garments. See, you'll be righteous. If you invite me back in, you'll have Christ in you, and you'll have the white garments of righteousness. That's what he's talking about. So they lost the righteousness that comes from Christ. They were lost, naked, shameful, sinners before him. A true backslider is a sinner again. He's twice dead. If he continues in it, he'll eventually be plucked up by the roots. means he'll either enter into blaspheme the Spirit, or the Holy Spirit will not deal with him. And no man comes to the Father without the Spirit drawing. Paul implied with some, he said, perhaps God will give you the gift of repentance. Well, perhaps he won't. With some people, he may decide, you've had enough grace. I'm not going to fool with you anymore. I'm not obligated to. So, But with these churches and with Laodicea in their terrible state, he still offers grace to them. He offers them Come back and repent. Come back today. Old Testament says it's not God's will, but that all repent and turn to the Lord. We have warnings in the old that he's calling the backslider to come back. Okay, So we need to see that, that God sees the wicked and he extends grace even to those who despise his grace, but not forever. 120 years, Noah preached to an ungodly generation. And then the scripture says God shut him in. Didn't matter if they changed their mind and beat on the door, they weren't going to be let in. Noah couldn't let them in. It wasn't his control. 120 years they were warned what was coming. And they mocked him. And they were evil from their youth up. And God decided he's going to get rid of them all, okay? Okay, that's his prerogative. They were lost, naked, shameful sinners before him. But they will be given white remnant for their wedding. Why, God and angels are always clothed in white raiment. So they not only had once, like the church, had these raiments, but what had they done? It's like some of the churches, what did he say? The head spots and wrinkles. They still had some standing, but when the Lord returns, if they have spots and wrinkles, they're not going. They're going to have to prove their loyalty during the Antichrist reign. So there will be many there 
who'll know the truth and live the truth to a degree, but spots and wrinkles. He said he's coming for a church that will have no such thing. So, well, the poor Laodiceans, not to be pitied, they didn't even have wrinkled and spotted garments. They were so bad, they didn't have no garments. Isn't that interesting? Okay. So he's saying they were worse. No clothing at all. Lost dead branches. But he says you need eye salve that you can see again. You need spiritual understanding. You need the eyes of your spirit open. Well, how is that going to come? By confession and repentance and asking the Lord to show you the truth. See, that's the only way you're going to get it. And he will do that. And he'll show you the true state. See, a person cannot properly repent until they know their true state. Most people are not saved until they're convicted of sin. Okay? Now, those who moved from the old covenant to new, like some of the apostles, they didn't have to repent. They were righteous according to the law. And they just transferred in. They recognized, though, that all their sins and everything that was covered under the old covenant had to be covered by Christ now. But the wicked sinner, those who really sinned against God, people, they had to repent. And they had to see that they were sinners or they wouldn't need a Savior. So these false concepts, oh, just accept the Lord, and don't you want to accept the Lord? They never mention sin, judgment, or the wrath to come because they're false shepherds. They're trying to make it too easy. Oh, they don't want to hurt their pride. I've heard people give salvation message. Now, everybody close your eyes. See, they don't want to embarrass these people. God wants them embarrassed. He said, if you acknowledge me before men, I'll acknowledge you before the angels of God. And if you are not willing to do that, I will renounce you. So he has no cowards coming to him. If you're under sin and you need a savior, you, you shouldn't worry about what people think. Most of those people are end up in hell anyway. They don't give a thought about you, and you're not going to care what they think in the long run. Okay? So conviction. That's why Paul got persecuted a lot. See, today, ministers are not convicting people because they're preaching a false gospel. If they were preaching the truth, even if they didn't get no converts, the followers would depart, and they would persecute them. They would say all manner of evil. Because when a person comes into conviction, they have to acknowledge the truth or fight the truth. They cannot be the same. Like Paul says, you minister life and death to people. If they receive the gospel, you've ministered life to them. If they reject the gospel, they're answering for more grace, and you're pronouncing death upon them. You're confirming their position as being lost. They've had more light, so they're going to answer for more. So no one is the same if they've listened to true preaching under conviction. Most of the preaching is not under conviction. They've not heard, many people, the true gospel. And they're to fault for it because they don't want it. And they're looking for it. So men love darkness rather than light. So you can never blame the shepherd for the people being deceived. They're deceived because they want to be deceived. The people love it so. You know, they're not poor, ignorant sheep. They're willfully ignorant sheep. They love darkness. And therefore, God does not give them a good shepherd. He sends them lying spirits to keep them where they are, see? A curse on those who love not 
the Lord Jesus in sincerity. That's what Paul said. Let the curse remain on them. What is the curse? You cannot understand spiritual things. God keeps them from you, okay? So we're seeing they had a standing at one time, and they forfeited it, okay? So to be convicted of truth and put in a state to make right choices is what conviction does, the true preaching of the gospel. To repent and come back to the Lord is what he wishes. A person may think he's blaspheming the Holy Ghost. I said, have you ever fallen into conviction? Well, every time I go to church, I get convicted. I said, well, there's hope for you. A person that's blaspheming the Holy Ghost probably doesn't care. He doesn't feel nothing. He doesn't want it. You at least are disturbed. Your conscience is pricked by the Holy Spirit. So you still have opportunity. And he wouldn't bother you and prick your conscience as he will looking for proper results. Okay? This is the grace of God extended. So it is not enough to believe and see the truth. Oh, many people believe Jesus is the Lord. Most of Christendom does. And most of Christendom is lost and never been saved. One must believe to obey and do their first works when they do. See, so the Laodiceans had to do the first works over too. Along with everything else, they lost everything. They didn't even have the spot wrinkles like some people did, Christians. They were in a bad state. It meant you got to get right. You have some truth, but you're being double-minded. There's sin somewhere, and you're not getting rid of the wrinkles and spots. So you'll not go if the Lord comes, because he will not come for such a church that has filthy garments. But he told Sardis, but I have a few in Sardis who have not defiled their garments. It meant they were right with me, okay? That's why I emphasize keeping a daily account with the Lord. Don't let any sin or thing build up. It becomes a cord, and it deceives in the long run. So if the Lord convicts you of something, deal with it. If you fail at something, repent of it. Don't carry it on, okay? So Paul prayed that they would have Christ formed in them again. So much for the once saved, always saved. Paul implied to some of the Galatians, you need to be saved again. He said, you need Christ formed in you again. And that's what the Laodiceans as a whole needed. He had vomited them out. You're not a part of me. Now I'm knocking at the door. We will see. And he's given them an invitation to come back. Okay. So much for once saved, always saved. Doctrine of the devil. I've said it for almost 50 years, and I haven't changed because I believe anything else is a false gospel. And if you're not going to teach that, you don't deserve to be a minister. You're a false minister. You can be a false minister and teacher by not what you say, but for what you don't say. See that? You're a coward. You need bold. The scripture, God fills Christians to give a witness. He gives them boldness. If you don't have that, then don't preach and teach. Study the Bible until you know what you're supposed to do. But many people, they say, well, I don't want to preach a positive word. Well, that's a false gospel. There is no such thing. You're a coward. You want to be liked by people. You won't want to offend people. Well, nobody does. But you offend the evil in them. 
And at least it's better to offend them here, and then at the day of judgment, they'll know why. They won't say, well, so-and-so didn't tell me the truth. They'll remember back and say, oh, I was warned. I was told the truth. So a person, like James said, not many of you should be teachers, for we should become under greater and stricter judgment. He said that right after he said three times, faith without works is dead. You fools, he called them fools. They were teaching some of them that you can have faith in Christianity and not have no spiritual works. He was saying that kind of Christianity will not save you. Well, today they teach just the opposite. It's all grace and faith. You don't have to do anything. Well, you're going to find out at the day of judgment when you curse yourself for being so stupid, okay? Okay, so we are at the end of verse 18. So let's stop there, and we will continue in the next lesson. Father, give us wisdom. Give us practical application. Give us boldness to speak the truth to all. In Jesus' name, amen.